This is Iron Mike Stedman. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, The Legendary Dog Whistle Brandon. I know it's been a while since I've been on the mic. It's been an eventful summer. I launched a new series, Frago Friday, which I drop each week via our newsletter. I got accepted into the fellowship for the Fund for New Leadership, a social impact fellowship supporting changemakers across the country, and I went on a two-week vacation to Peru. With that said, I'm back and happy to announce our official sponsor for Dog Whistle Branding, Mission Plus, a tech platform that helps nonprofit organizations upgrade their websites and leverage technology to deliver services online. The Mission Plus team is based in Newark, New Jersey, and has actually been supporting me for over five years through their nonprofit, the GI Go Fund, where Ironbound Media is incubated. Now, I get a chance to return the favor by highlighting their efforts on the DWB platform. On today's show, I caught up with Mission Plus CEO Jack Fanus to talk about the platform and the market opportunity they see within the nonprofit sector. Make no mistake, Jack is no stranger to the entrepreneurial hustle and what it takes to effectively bring a product to market. He's been doing this work for over 20 years, both as a nonprofit executive and tech CEO. Mission Plus is actually a spinoff of an existing product that Jack and his team founded after they identified an unmet need in the social sector. Jack is a busy man, and I'm honored to have him on today's show to share the vision for Mission Plus and what he's learned about social entrepreneurship over the last 20 years. Before we jump in, I need you to do me a favor and make sure you download my free step-by-step guide to attracting your perfect customer, as well as subscribe to our newsletter. You can do both at the link in the show notes. All right, enough of me talking. Gunny, get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and Flawless Acceleration, where we're building the next generation of confident, resilient, and badass entrepreneurs and brands to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, founder of Ironbound Media, and head of brand at Flawless Acceleration. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and FA. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Jack, my brother, it's an honor to finally have you on Dog Whistle Branding. Going on, all right, Mike. If it's going on, how's it going? Good to see you. So, for those of you who don't know, Jack and his team at Mission Plus and the GI Go Fund are silent killers in the veteran space. They've been serving thousands, maybe millions of veterans for the last 20 years, you know, just kind of behind the scenes. I know we're in this how do I call it? I call it thought leadership is like white collar clout chasing, right? Everybody wants to be a thought leader, they want to post on LinkedIn, they want to do all this other stuff. But guys like you've been behind the scenes, literally creating the impact. And so I'm happy to be able to kind of bring you to the light with this audience and also do two things. One, tell your story and also announce to our listeners that Jack and the Mission Plus team are the official sponsors of the Dog Whistle Brandon podcast. So a lot of exciting stuff happening. We're proud to be it. Obviously, we've been watching you do kill it yourself for the last several years and really grow as an entrepreneur and grow as a leader and 
and the very, very, very tiny role that we've played and, and we want to continue to play is, is exciting for us. I wouldn't call it tiny because I tell people, you know, when I started Ironbound Boxing, I didn't have a lot of local support. The city of Newark was gracious enough to give me a space in the back of a recreation center. But outside of that, people think because you're in Newark, oh, have you talked to the mayor? Have you talked to Cory Booker? Have you talked to Audible Prudential? Yes. And you know who the only people that supported me? Jack and the GI Go Fund team. I was part of their incubator from the very first. As soon as I found out about it, I contacted you, and I feel like we've been attached at the hip ever since. And so there's a couple of things that Jack does that I think is unique. One, he's really the definition of a social entrepreneur. They started out in the nonprofit space. We're able to spend out a technology product called Job Paths to help so many uh, veterans and really the workforce development uh, space as a whole. And now we're going to be talking about what we're doing to support more nonprofits through tech with uh, Mission Plus. So, Jack, how about this? Let's start by having you just formally introduce yourself, let everybody know about your background and how we sure. got to this point we're at with Mission Plus. Sure. So you alluded to it a little bit there, Mike, when, when you said that Jago Fund is where I got my start in the veterans and the nonprofit space. Around 20 years ago, I started the Jago Fund along with my brother and a couple of our friends. Uh, after one of our buddies from high school was killed in Iraq, his name was Lieutenant Seth DeVorn. Grew up here in New Jersey. Um, we went to high school together, college together at Rutgers, and the 9-11 gave up his shot to go to law school and join the Army instead. Unfortunately, he was killed. Uh, and we started this nonprofit, started this journey in his honor. Really didn't know what we were getting ourselves into or what that really meant. Uh, I was the oldest of the bunch at 24. Uh, but now in a lifelong journey now, uh, I kind of understand, I, I believe, the space maybe better than than most because I've seen it grow and, and seen it kind of change over time over the last two decades. Uh, some of the focus, some of the funding, some of the experiences and some of the requirements that organizations have when it comes to fulfilling their mission have, have changed over the years. But as you mentioned, uh, GI GoFund is where we started. There's where we learned about employment, veteran employment, working with companies like Prudential and Audible uh, and understanding what some of the requirements they had when it came to veteran employment, that it wasn't just we want to set up a booth at a job fair and take some pictures, but we really want to hire veteran talent and we want to hire it in the same way we hire everybody else, which is online, using digital tools, reading resumes and things of that nature. Uh, helping homeless veterans as well as a passion of ours, uh, and then helping veterans start their own businesses, uh, as you've experienced with our incubator and training center, a little bit of a different model uh, that allows veterans from all over the country to participate in it. You don't necessarily have to be in Newark, New Jersey to reap the benefits of, of what we do. But, you know, all of that, it leads up to the point where, you know, I had a lot of big I guess dreams. I had a lot of big goals when I started my nonprofit. I think a lot of people who start nonprofits have a lot of big goals. They really want to help. They really want to get into it and fix a problem that they see out there. And I found myself just limited in what I was able to do. The need was enormous. You know, being in Newark, New Jersey, that's where we were headquartered as well. The need was absolutely enormous. The people who were facing unemployment um, or underemployment were also facing so many other things like homelessness and mental health challenges and just the, the enormity of, of, of the challenge was, was, was so great. Uh, and we as a nonprofit, as many nonprofits who are listening would know, you know, we just didn't have any technology to help us do it. It was our office, my staff. We might have had Excel or Google Docs to help us organize things. Maybe we have a CRM that helps us try to keep things organized. But nobody ever created anything that helped us do the job to actually help somebody write a resume or to help somebody take job training courses or apply for a job or find mental health resources. There was never any kind of great technology like a Google or an Indeed that was ever created for our space. And that's why in 2013, 
we launched Job Path, which is now very proud to be launching our new product, Mission Plus. Talk to our listeners about your experience with Job Path as well, because, you know, I think when people think of the tech founder, right, it's always like the 20 year old Mark Zuckerberg wannabe sleeping on his buddy's couch, going to Y Combinator, you know, doing all that rodeo. And yep. you're a little bit older. You got your face punched in running a nonprofit like me. I tell people we walk around with bloody noses 99% of the time. But yep. what was it like taking that product to market from a fundraising perspective and also getting those initial uh, customers? Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting uh, endeavor. When we first started, obviously, we were, we were very much like an Indeed for Veterans, like a job board for veterans where, where employers can post jobs. Uh, and really engaging with the companies that we had been working with was interesting because they had always seen me as a nonprofit guy. Uh, and now to, to view me as, a, as someone who's coming in with a, with a high-tech product that could actually help them, there was obviously a, a, an adjustment there. Uh, but, you know, it didn't take very long for us to build that database of employers, close to 6,000 companies, like 7 million jobs currently posted on the, on the database. Um, and it was really interesting to see people understand that my background would help them hire veterans. It would help them get through this process because I had been on the other side of the table. I had I had done the job of helping veterans write resumes, but I've also done the job of helping someone, you know, identify good talent, whether it be at a job fair or at a resume workshop. So they knew that I did the job um, and that the technology itself spoke for itself and that it could do what it needed to do. So so launching Job Path was interesting, uh, but it was it was quickly adopted because it was so so needed in 2014, 15, you know, companies were hungry to hire veterans. Veterans were transitioning out in larger numbers and were looking to hit the workforce. But, you know, if you think about it in 2014, 15, the average age of a transitioning service member, those guys were in their mid to late twenties. They were used to doing things online. They were used to using their phones to do everything. But when it came to being a transitioning service member, there was nothing you could do on your phone. There was nothing you could pull up on the internet to help you. And that's where Job Path came in and and really where Mission Plus is going now, giving other organizations the ability to do, to do the exact same thing. You know, we we identified through that process, which is really workforce development, which is what we created on Job Path, giving people the ability to write resumes in, in minutes, uh, giving people the ability to take over 300 job training classes, uh, 200 of them available in Spanish, connect with digital mentors, find resources like mental health and homelessness resources in their communities that are, are local to them and, and, and currently active. When we were doing that, we realized that so many of our nonprofit partners, people that I was still working with through GI GoFund, they wanted this same thing. Like they needed this exact same thing for their constituencies. And that's where Mission Plus comes in. It's it's our ability to take the technology that we created in JobPath that's made it the largest database of veteran job seekers in the country, the largest database of veteran employers in the country, and now turn it over to the nonprofits, the, the boots on the ground, the people that I know are doing the hard work of actually connecting veterans with jobs, turn that technology over to them so that it's not, you know, you have to come to, to this big organization and use it, but you know, you're still working with the GI GoFund locally, or you're still working with Ironbound locally, and you're working with Mike, and he's connecting you with resources and technology to get you to the finish line. Here's a couple of things that excite me about what y'all are doing with Mission Plus, right? And Jack spun me up on Mission Plus probably over a year ago. And then actually brought me on on the team to help with branding. Uh, branding. I run a nonprofit organization, okay? And I know that we're ahead of the curve of like so many other organizations that don't even got a website, right? Have no fundraising infrastructure on the back end. 
like you said, Google Docs and spreadsheets, but some don't even have that really, right? right. And what we know as a fact of the way the world looks today is not going to look the same in 10 years from a tech perspective. There's all these nascent industries, everything from laundry to how we pump gas to all this different stuff to nonprofits that are primed for tech enablement. So someone is going to win that race, right? And I believe it's going to be Mission Plus. The other thing is you bring so much deep industry expertise. And one thing I always talk to my coaching clients about, whether through Ironbound Media or False Acceleration, is product founder fit. Are you the one to solve this problem for this demographic? You got 20 yep. years in the nonprofit space. You know it intimately. My question, though, is when I think about buying power and choosing markets, on the outside looking in, the nonprofit industrial complex, as we call it, is a really hard space to sell products and services to. How do you plan to navigate that? Well, so, you know, one of the, as being a nonprofit leader, right, you, you focus on what, what are the things that we're always looking to do. We're always looking to serve our constituents. We're always looking to raise more money. Uh, and we're always looking to do all of those things more efficiently. So our, our value at proposition to most of our nonprofit, nonprofit clients is that, you know, you'll be able to have professional fundraising tools that we built out that we've been using ourselves at GI GoFund for, you know, close to 10 years, raising millions of dollars using that exact same technology. We'll be able to turn that over to our nonprofit partners. Uh, things that are, you'll notice are customized first for the veteran fundraising world, where you know a lot of things around walks and runs and swims, real customized things that will really focus on veteran fundraisers uh, early on. But really, more so than that, lowering your actual fundraising costs, being able to scale, reach more clients, reach more constituents, raise more money, and lower your fundraising costs at the same time is how we get people's attention. But the reality is you'll get everything you would get from a, from a fundraising app that you would use anywhere else, but you're also going to get a resume builder that's going to help as many veterans as you want to help or as many constituents as you want to help write resumes, take job training online, be available in app stores, provide mentorship digitally with, by connecting with people, really making your website something more than just a fundraising page. And, and right now, if you think about most nonprofit websites, what you find is a donate button in the top right-hand corner. And then just a list of things that that nonprofit does. But if you're a person who needs that nonprofit's help, there's nothing there for you on that page. It's just a donate button and information about what that nonprofit does. But you can't actually get help from that nonprofit's website. To me, in the 21st century, that's where we need to upgrade it. And now using Mission Plus, organizations are going to be able to do that in real time, provide their, their, their brand of help, their brand of assistance directly to constituents in real time on, on the internet. You know, we run an entrepreneurial curriculum here at Ironbound called Thrive and getting course content uploaded online and delivered to the young stakeholders because, you know, it was Iron Mike teaching the first four to five cohorts, you know, yeah. but you're right of like, there's so much that has to get done. It gets overwhelming. People reach out to me and they're like, we want to do this scholarship program or something. And I know it's going to be me getting each individual kid, having to get him to sit down and fill out the application right then and right. there. And so I feel like what you're able to do is you're really able to amplify the impact of nonprofits through tech and actually leveraging it to get the work done. For sure. Now, I mean, think about it this way. I'll give you an example real quick. You know, we used to host resume workshops. You know, we'd find a partner like Ernst & Young or Prudential and their veteran resource group would host a veteran workshop to help them write resumes. And they'd be great events, you know, some random day in June. 
and 200 veterans would show up and it would be fantastic. But what about the 200 veterans that would email me the next day and didn't make it and still needed a resume and still needed a resume assistance? And the day after that, and they'd ask, when's the next event? Well, anybody in the nonprofit space knows that the next event's certainly not tomorrow. And at earliest, maybe it's three months because it takes time to plan events and put those things together. To me, that felt crazy that I wasn't able to continuously help people. I was only doing it event-based or in the office by appointment. And these are these are things that can be accomplished with the assistance of technology. Now, this is Dog Whistle Brandon. So I got to ask you a couple questions. Sure. Who is your perfect customer for Mission Plus? And what's the dog whistle that you start blowing on and they say, take my money? It can be the one-liner. It can be the pain point you solve. Like, let's lift the veil for our listeners here. So I would say my perfect, my perfect customer is a nonprofit that works in workforce development. One preferably that works with or with individuals from diverse backgrounds. Veterans is obviously our niche, but military spouses, people with disabilities, formerly incarcerated. We have technologies built for all of those different diverse backgrounds and, and others as well. We have technologies built for, for many different groups, but that nonprofit leader that, that has an organization and a focus on workforce development that can turn around and take what we do, qualify for greater grants, qualify for, for more money in their grant process because they're helping more people digitally now than they were. A grant used to be, you know, we're going to get $100,000 and help 20 people find a job. Now you're able to do so much more with that 100000 that you're getting from the organization because you're doing it digitally and you're, and you're scaling. So really giving them the opportunity to raise more money uh, and use our fundraising technology to also scale their fundraising uh, and lower their ultimate fundraising costs all at the same time is the person who I, I'm looking to speak to right now. Uh, and that could be somebody who's starting a nonprofit. I think for someone starting a nonprofit, you know, we're perfect because we we get you a nonprofit out of the box. You can show the world what your intentions are. You can start raising money. You can do all of those things from, from jump um, and provide services and resources so that you can start qualifying for grants. So uh, whether you're starting one or you're running one, uh, but if you have a focus on workforce and you have a focus on helping people find jobs, you know, that's my guy. So what's the dog whistle out of all that? You know, to it's an interesting question. So the, the dog whistle to me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the dog whistle to me out of all of that is, you know, if you're serious about your mission, your website better be built on Mission Plus. Because if you're not serious about your mission, then you're just putting up a subpar product. You're starting with your website. You know, I would tell somebody, what is your, you know, if you had a storefront, you wouldn't want the storefront to look raggedy or to look subpar, but you want it to be competitive. So if you're, if you're serious about your mission, your your website better be built on Mission Plus. This is a great one-liner. I'm actually taking some notes right now, writing it down, because I think this is an interesting model, too, because a lot of nonprofits, like you say, website is a pain in the ass. You and I have talked about 97% of nonprofit websites are built on uh, WordPress. WordPress. Anybody who's ever tried to touch a WordPress website, like, it's fucking a pain in the ass. It's a royal pain yep. in the ass. And yep. all these legacy nonprofits are going to have to update their website at some point. Needs to be built on Mission Plus. The other thing I didn't talk about, too, when I said, here's a fact. Technology has opened up the world in a way to make stuff easier, such as no code, drag and drop solutions, et cetera. Right. That's a wave that we're able to catch and leverage as well with Mission Plus. One thing that I've been trying to think about is how do we get nonprofits to adopt, you know, Mission Plus? compared to some of the other options that are out there 
such as, you know, the Squarespaces of the world and the Wix and, like we said, the WordPresses? How do we make them become aware of like, hey, this is an opportunity? So, like I said, you know, if we're talking straight up marketing strategy here and we're talking, how do we make sure that our clients know it, who we are and what it is that we do? Uh, nothing speaks to the entire nonprofit community than being able to fundraise and fundraise at a lower cost. So that's our our our, our message yeah. to people is, you know, work with JobPath. And if you look, again, from a marketing perspective, the number one searched tool term by nonprofit leaders on Google is fundraising software, fundraising yeah. tools, lowering your fundraising costs. So as long as we keep hitting that message and then showing people why switching to us is not only cost effective, but going to change your entire mission. It's going to upgrade everything that it is that you, you've sought to do since you joined that nonprofit, since you got your, your degree in public administration or social work. All the things that you really dreamt of doing, helping people, helping your community, you're going to be able to do it that much more and save money on your fundraising. And that's how we get people's attention. One thing I've been working with Jack on, too, is a category strategy, right? So you got three options, head to head with an established player, category king. Option number two is niche down an existing market with strong demand. And option number three is create a new category altogether. The more and more we talk, I think we're interested. I think we're hitting more at that new category where nonprofits are getting work done online instead of having to do the processing and paperwork in person. But, you know, when you're introducing a new category, people have no idea what it is at first. So you got to educate them about it through thought leadership, you know, and really build out the category. In the interim, what do you think our current category is? And as you look towards the future, what do you think it's going to be? So our, our our current category is is nonprofit tech software uh, nonprofit software, and and really when the the reason why I keep mentioning fundraising as part of our fund as part of our suite of tools, is because right now that term means fundraising, right? So like if you that category when you think of nonprofit tech or nonprofit software, really is talking about fundraising software, fundraising tools, even the CRMs are all there, basically meant to help you fundraise more. So as, when we think of the category that we're currently in, um, we're, we're nonprofit software, nonprofit tech, uh, and we certainly are competitive and will compete on that fundraising piece, but we're so much more. And that's where I think we're coming in and creating that, maybe a slice of a category or, or slicing off a piece and creating our own category because it's fundraising plus, right? Mission plus. It's fundraising plus is what we're able to bring to the to the world. So when when most people think, most CEOs of veteran nonprofits think of software for themselves they're thinking either some fundraising tool like class c or gofundme or something like that or paypal or they're thinking about wix or some website builder what we're telling the world is we're both uh and that website builder comes with a suite of apps that help you actually deliver your services and deliver uh your program so a one-stop operating system for for the nonprofit world that encompasses all things forward-facing to all parts of your community whether it be funders and donors constituents who need services, even your clients who work there. So uh, I'm sorry, your employees that work there. So really, you know, when we think about it right now, we're nonprofit tech, but nonprofit tech plus, you know, like there's, there's more to come. And I think we're, we're, we're creating that because no, you, you know, this Mike, we've talked about this offline a dozen times, the guys that run tech companies today, not one of them has ever worked in a nonprofit. I'm willing to bet they've never volunteered at a nonprofit. If they've ever volunteered at a nonprofit, it was, probably after their company became valued at a billion dollars uh, and it was for show, 
So they don't actually know the space. They don't understand what the problems are. They don't know what it's like to do it on a daily basis. We were just lucky enough to be there at the right right place, the right time, understanding it, uh, and have a good enough background in technology to 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 make our make our run at this. So it's funny. Um, I just put a poster out on Dog Whistle Brandon today that like stop fucking playing around with sticky notes and whiteboards, right? Yeah. I you remember when I first started Ironbound, right? I'm going to all these classes, social impact this. I would get to yeah, Newark yeah. and I'm like, I'm trying to talk to this ex-con about, you know, <laughs> something we identified on the sticky note. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's a huge disconnect, you said, between the air conditioned room and the streets of Newark or that workforce development office in inner city Baltimore. And when you don't yeah. have people that understand that and bring agency to how these products are getting built and implemented in the community, it's 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 a recipe for disaster. And, and and you know you're you're really speaking to one of the things that we're really moving out there is that anybody who's ever building nonprofit technology, they always paint themselves as people who are philanthropic or trying to help you fulfill your mission. And they always paint a rosy picture, but at the end of the day, they're they're just sitting there doing what everybody else is doing and just making money in the space, right? Like you think about these other fundraising softwares that are out there. There, there's nothing special about them other than they're also charging you three and a half to 5% of every transaction fee on every donation you make. So they're just a bank making money on you, but it looks like they care, but there's literally no difference. And to me, all of that is stuff that needs to be changed, disrupted, because it's 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 just the banking industry basically trying to get, get their hands in the nonprofit space. And I think the donors and the constituents and the people that work in nonprofits, that's the last place they want that. Thinking out loud again, you know, I had Eddie Yoon on this podcast. He wrote a book called Super Consumers. And one of the things we yep. talked about is a super one is a super a 10, right? So the type of organizations that I think we need to go after, what other products or services are they already using? So even though I joke about how hard the nonprofit industrial complex is, Salesforce makes bank serving nonprofits, right? Because there's a whole group of nonprofits out that are using Salesforce so much they've created an entire industry of salesforce implementers to help the yep. nonprofits get set up on the product and so i'm yep. just willing to bet that our perfect customer is probably using salesforce they're probably using some of these other softwares across the board just to make it easier for us to hone in and focus and identify yep. that initial target market that we're going after no doubt and, and i want to put up on that list we're going to put classy on that list uh, as a major fundraising competitor of ours that you know I, I I believe deserves some competition. Yeah. Also, how can we get our perfect customer to self-identify? That's something I've been talking about a lot more lately, you know, because I'll give you an example, right? B Corp, right, is a new movement that's taking place in social entrepreneurship. So a lot yeah. of companies identify themselves as a B Corp. They're saying that they're focused on environmental, social, ethical, yada, yada, yada. When And this is good for you listeners, too. How can you get your perfect customer to self-identify? What can you type in a search on LinkedIn? And see that they, oh, they're part of YPO. I should reach out to them. Oh, I see they're part of the same fraternity I pledge. Oh, they identify that they went to the Naval Academy. You know, flipping the map to make it easier so that when we sit down and we go hunt. And also identifying, like, the watering holes that they're spending time at. So you can implement the hub and spoke model. Instead of going one by one, we go fishing in a pool of giant fish at the same time. Right. 100%. And I mean, for, for us, you know, you think about some of the in-person stuff like nonprofit trade shows, but really at the grassroots level, 
you know, I, I, I want to get into sponsoring things that I know are happening on the grassroots. So people learn about our product. Like there, there are, there are nonprofit meetings that happen here in New York and other counties here in New Jersey that I'm very familiar with that, you know, we could sponsor and be in front of 300 nonprofit leaders very quickly and nonprofit leaders that are working on the grassroots and are making an impact. And those things happen across the country in counties across the country. And I've been in front of them in Texas. I've been in front of them in Florida. I've been in front of them across the country. And those are the rooms I want to be in. You know, those are the rooms of, of, of community leaders, of people who are waking up every single morning, going to a meeting with bad coffee and bad donuts to try to make an impact. And I want to get in front of those people uh, and tell them that we have a way to make it easier. I want to help. Do you see any potential barriers to success with Mission Plus? The same that anybody would have. You know, I think it's just about getting the word out there, message adoption. You know, there, there's a lot of noise, especially in our space. You know this probably better than anybody. But there's a whole lot of noise everywhere you turn. Somebody's making noise about the stuff that they're doing to help veterans or nonprofits or whatever. And most of it's noise. And the problem is noise gets attention. and Fighting through that's probably been the biggest barrier we've had over the last 20 years, not just the last two years. So I think fighting through the noise and making sure people recognize, you know, good work and real product, something that's going to have an impact as opposed to just the noise. I say this confidently. If it wasn't Jack and you came out, reached out to me and said, I'm, in, I'm interested in doing, you know, helping veterans get job, I would say find another market. Exactly. Literally, because it's so crowded. You got VSOs on top of VSOs. I, I like want to screw up my LinkedIn. I'm just sick of it, you know? But the thing that separates you is you've been doing the work. You've been in the trenches. The, and, I mean, at 20 years, right, you're you're in. So I don't say that. Literally, you've like, everybody coming in. You've seen everybody come and go. Everybody come. Yeah. And by the way, Jack didn't tell y'all he didn't serve in the military. So I think that's also a value add that you actually bring because you're not shackled to the, by the way, we have, you know, a lot of vets tend to think about trying to solve these issues. And that's, I would say we've reached an inflection point on that one because for a while there, that was my shackle, right? And not being a veteran, no, nobody took my opinion seriously, but having been doing it for as long as I've been doing it now, and, you know, it, it's gotten to the point now where I don't feel awkward telling you what I really feel. Like, I don't feel like I can't say that to Mike because he's a Marine and he's a veteran and he served. I can be honest with you because I've been doing it for so long and I know I know how most of you guys and girls think and and, and what makes a lot of you guys and girls tick. And uh, it makes it makes it very easy for me to approach you, but also on the flip side, very easy for me to speak to civilians and say, you know, you guys all want to help because most of the people who work in the nonprofit space, this this also is something that most people don't recognize because most nonprofits will be founded or being run by a colonel or somebody out of the military. But most of the people that work there, most of the social workers, most of the actual staff, they're not veterans either. They're just people who care. They're just people who want to get into it and, and, and provide service. So but really explaining that to those people and, and talking to them and being able to talk to employers, right? Most of the hiring managers you're going to meet, Mike, you know, you, you can speak to this from, you know, Audible to Prudential to Verizon. You name the company, you know, you're lucky if they have one person there who's a veteran who works in HR. And the chances of you speaking to that one person is pretty small, right? So you got to make sure that you're reaching out as a community, the veteran community, to the civilian world. And I think a lot of times it's 
it's the other way around where most veterans expect the civilian world to reach out to you. And I get that. And I, I agree with you, but I, I do think that to, to accomplish our mission, it's better to go the other way, right? There's a, there's a lot less friction the other way and it'll, it'll make things go a whole lot easier. And that's something that I bring to the space that I think I've just started to realize in the last couple of years, my late business partner, Justin used to tell me this all the time that that was my value add. And I think I believe him now. Now I want to ask you about your BHAG for Mission Plus, that big, hairy, audacious goal that you're working towards. But before I do that, I also want to get your opinion on what do you think about the state of entrepreneurship now, right? Because I feel like everybody's selling this entrepreneurial dream. It's so easy. You know, you see all the founders, tech founders on the cover of TechCrunch and everywhere else. But again, yep. Jack, you've been in the game. I come to Jack with questions and I'll, I'll make statements. He's like three steps ahead of me, 10 steps ahead of me. You've dealt with programmers, product roadmaps, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I never see you on with whiteboard and sticky notes or on panels. So I view you as like, you're kind of like me. We just kind of head down and get the work done. But I feel like sometimes that gets overclouded by the hype of entrepreneurship. Yeah, I mean, so the, to me, there's a couple things there, and I agree with you, right? There's two levels of entrepreneurship, too, and I think that that's what gets lost. There are people who shoot for the moon and want to go start a Facebook or an Instagram. That's one level of entrepreneurship. And I think people focus too much on that is when we talk about entrepreneurship and don't focus on the guys and girls that are starting local small businesses that have huge impacts in their communities. Like, you know, we've helped people start things from landscaping businesses that now generate millions of dollars uh, in revenue. But we've helped people start real estate businesses and construction businesses. So that's, but most people, when they write about or think about or talk about entrepreneurship, we're talking about the Valley, you know, doing an A round and raising 3 million and doing a B round and raising 6 million. And that's not, that's not most people, you know, that's, you know, very, very small percentage of people. But the, most of the organizations that we help get off the ground in the entrepreneurial space are the other side, you know, the ones that have a much higher chance and probability of succeeding small businesses, whether they be. You know, we have some people doing products and Amazon businesses, things like that, that really take off. So I would say that it's romanticized. You're right. And I think that romanticization keeps the focus away from the successful businesses most people should be starting and growing. And then, you know, we get into succession plans with those businesses so that they can pass it on to their families. And those are the types of things that I think a lot of people should be focusing on and not just the. You know, I'm I'm talking to, you know, these four venture capital funds and those those venture funds are never going to understand what it is that we're doing and change the entire business if they ever get into it. You know, I think those are very few and far between and it eats up the entire space when we talk about entrepreneurship. You also hinted at the venture capital space. You're covered there as well. You've raised the A round, you know, you've gone to investors, you've put the pitch deck, right? But it's just so fascinating to me because. I never see you chest bumping, right? It's like, I see all these guys on social media or whatever, but I'm like, man, I talked to Jack and Jack doesn't move like that. Yeah, I mean, so to me, social media has its value and, but it, I don't necessarily want to go there and brag. Yeah. I would rather go there and, and like, I don't, I don't love the posts that start off with, it was an honor to be included in xyz and i've put those out myself but those aren't my favorite posts because it's those as justin used to say those yeah. are very obvious humble brags i prefer the you know we helped 
13 organizations empower their communities and constituents. Like I'd rather something of substance rather than just a, a cool picture of me doing something awesome. But I'm, I'm also not very photogenic. So that, that plays into it. I'm not necessarily wanting to put that picture out there. So, you know, maybe You're great photogenic, at- man, I got a picture of me and you at the Prudential in the suite. <laughs> That was, was an epic photo. Like Iron Mike, you know, then I'd be posting all the time. But yeah, they took a picture of us. Like that. They took a picture of us. The whole arena stood up applauding. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, man, I think that's, you know, you've gone through that experience and that journey. Where did your business acumen come from? So as you went away from traditional nonprofit, you're like, man, I got to speak the language of venture capital. I got to speak the language of, of tech. How did you get that? I mean, I think a lot of it just comes it came naturally to me like it was it was an extension of the work that i was already doing raising money is raising money at the end of the day you know like so i've been talking to big businesses and ceos about our mission and what we do for since i was in my early 20s um and transitioning that into getting people to understand and believe what it is that we're doing as a business is very similar to me um you know my parents are small business owners um themselves i watched them their entire lives run businesses i guess it was kind of in my blood i was working in their office from age six. So to me, working hard, working all day long and, and being a part of a, a business that grows, I guess, kind of came second nature in that sense. But like I said before, what's your BHAG? What's that big, hairy, audacious goal for Mission Plus? And also you, Jack. So for Mission Plus, you know, my my goal, and it's audacious for sure, but to me, it, it, I want in five years for it to be considered that a website is a nonprofit is not up to standard if they're not a mission plus nonprofit that donating money to organizations that use any other fundraising system. That's not mission plus is a waste of money because you're losing money on transaction fees. I want people to understand that in the space. I want to disrupt this space and get all the, all the people that are in it for the money out of the room because there's plenty of people who are counting on technology to help them fulfill a mission that had nothing to do with any of that but all to do about helping people. And I, I, I want to make sure that, you know, people are lining up to build their site on our system because it does the great things it does. And people, other organizations will be held accountable if they're not. Love it. And we got veteran entrepreneurs tuning in from all over the country, all over the world. How can we support your mission at Mission Plus? You know, get the word out is one of the things, you know, if you work with a local nonprofit, if you volunteer with a local nonprofit and you, you know, that they do great work, but their websites, you know, a little, little lagging, it doesn't provide any services or resources, have them visit mission plus, get the word out, have them build their systems on there. It's all, as Mike said, no code, drag and drop to create your system. And, and, you know, overnight you'll have an organization that went from, you know, doing a couple of events a year to one that's being able to provide people with resume assistance online, resources online, mentorship, all, all in a matter of seconds, uh, even resources for your donors and for the companies that you partner with. So uh, get the word out. Um, if you know anybody that's uh, interested in being a, a part of this mission, you know, certainly uh, send them our way. We're, uh, we're looking for all the partners that we can, we can gather right now uh, because to me, it's an important message that we're getting out there that, and again, like I said at the top, we, we do have to make it through the noise, right? And, and, literally every door you open there's noise there's somebody screaming veteran employment in behind every door and behind every window and you know it's it's unbelievable right like it really is so helping having the listeners that are listening now to check it out see it for yourself and if you if you can see that it's not noise go out there and tell everybody well i'll be sure to include a link to mission plus in the show notes 
For all our listeners, if there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter moving forward, do me a favor and reach out to me at Mike Weir Ironbound, Mike at WeirIronbound.com or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. And also, please make sure you subscribe to the official Dog Whistle Brandon newsletter if you haven't done so already. Like Jack mentioned, they've helped, I don't know, thousands of veteran-owned businesses across the country. We're going to start reaching out to them, getting them on Dog Whistle Brandon to share their stories and continue to build this next generation of amazing, badass, veteran-owned businesses. So until next time, peace, love. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we blend strategy, storytelling, and podcasting to transform veteran-led brands into dog whistles for your perfect customer. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by Flawless Acceleration, a new type of coaching organization blending the old school with the new school by providing one-on-one and group acceleration coaching to help you and your team win in business. We're not here to wear name tags, drink stale coffee, and sit in conference rooms telling each other how great we all are. You can do that at your chamber of commerce or some other networking group. We're here to fucking coach. We're proud to support veteran and other badass-owned businesses at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at FlawlessAcceleration.com. 